If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I'm Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. The midterm elections are less than a week away, people. And while the U.S. Senate remains a toss-up, Republicans are heavily favored to retake control of the United States House of Representatives. Do Republicans have an advantage because Democrats have not wielded their power effectively? Or are Republicans playing unfair? Shall we get down to business? The business of being black today is our Republicans playing unfair. Please welcome the first vice chair of the Maryland Republican Party. Nicole Bennett is here. Hi, Nicole. Hi, Tammy. How are you today? Blessed. Former Tennessee State Senator Katrina Robinson. Hi, Senator Robinson. Hey there, Nicole. Thank you for having me. I'm sorry, Tammy. Thank you for having me. Well, you can say hi to Nicole, too. Well, hey, Nicole. (laughs) (laughs) The president and CEO of Innovation Ohio, Desiree Timms. Hi, Desiree. Hi. Thanks for having me on. And the vice president of the NAACP South Bend, Indiana branch, Desmond Upchurch. Hi, Desmond. Hello, Tammy. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. Let's get down to business, the business of being Black. Why? Should black people even care if Republicans are playing unfair? Why should black people care, Desiree? Black people should care about what the Republicans are up to right now because they're pulling out pages from old history books and we know how the story ends. This is not a moment to sit back and relax. Our our forefathers and, and grandparents and ancestors fought really hard for the rights that we have today. And we are slowly but surely seeing those rights being rolled away from us and rolled back in time. So black people really have to get engaged in every single election cycle, even if we don't get everything we want, but we have to make sure that we move forward and not backwards. You make a strong point, but I'm going to come back and ask for details in a minute, Desiree. Katrina, why should Black people care? Desiree brings a good point. I mean, history repeats itself. We're, we're talking about a very critical time here uh, for midterms this go-round. There's a lot at stake. Uh, this is, is basically a repetition of what's been going on forever. We talked about uh, history. We're talking about uh, Black Reconstruction. Remember back, uh, looking back at that, when uh, the su- Southern Democrats felt like they were going to be threatened in their elections. That's when all the disenfranchisement happened. The poll taxes happened. The uh, literacy tests happened. And the Black turnout fell from 61% to 2% in a matter of 30 years. And so I think that's where we are now. We're trying to wield back that power that doesn't really exist. Nicole, why should Black people care if the Republicans are playing unfair? Why? You know, the truth of the matter is I, I agree to an extent that this is historic that this is the moment, but there is no regression. Listen, we're all Americans. This economy hurts everybody, but it especially hurts brown and black people. We are the ones that are bearing the brunt of very high gas prices while we're trying to take our kids to school and get educated. This is the reason to care. This is not about anything other than the quality of your life. Whether it's Democrat or Republican, this is about moving the ball forward for all Americans. Yeah, Desmond, why should black people care? I believe we should care because this is a unique opportunity for um, us to get off the Democratic um, platform and move on to a party that is now open to ideas that we bring to the table. If we can get more black people to get involved in the Republican Party, It can be a party that we can steer in a direction that really makes an impact in our community. So when you say get more black people involved in the Republican Party, why do you think the Republican Party cannot do that? 
I believe the Republican Party could do it. However, when we keep using the why, same why haven't Why hasn't the Republican Party done it? Well, I believe the Republican Party has done it. They just um, are reaching individuals who keep using the same rhetoric as in the past. Um, a lot of Black communities are being hurt by ideas of their grandparents. And if we can take that opportunity today to look past the hurt, I believe there's a great opportunity in the Republican Party. And I don't think they're planning that. Nicole, you seem to agree. I want to jump in. Listen, as one of those Black people that have been a Republican, I'm a third-generation Republican. Both of my grandfathers were Republican. It is not an issue of rhetoric. It is an issue of willingness to try something new. And as we know, when we're used to something, whether it's good or bad for us, it becomes our normal. That chance to reach out and do something different requires courage. And it's a courage that, you know, unfortunately, when the economy is bad and you're doing the best you can, this is not the time for me to be selling you something that says, listen, step out on faith. Things will change. People don't want that. There are millions of black Republicans and brown Republicans across this nation. And I would tell you definitely myself, when I ran for my office um, and beat out 361 other people, black, white or indifferent, for my position, my slogan was, this is not your grandpa's GOP. It is not. We do things differently. We are open to all ideas. Our diversity is not just of skin color. It is diversity of thought. And that is the selling point. So, Nicole, why hasn't that sold? It has sold. Um, I can tell you that a lot of people that are coming to the party now are coming to the party for reasons that have nothing to do with ideology, but more with their day-to-day -day lives. And this is what's important. It is hard for people to live um, in a place where it's costing them more money for rent or for their mortgage. Your 401k is decreased by 30%. Gas is high. You're having problems with your children in school. And then someone is telling you none of that exists. It's all in your mind. There is no inflation. It's transitory. It's Desiree, Desiree, Nicole says, uh, listen, it's time out for the step out on faith campaign. Uh, we led with hope with Barack Obama and, you know, we're leading with big building back better with uh, Joe Biden. But has that happened? And uh, is this all just puffy talk? No, I, you know, I, in my household, I was told that we pray with our feet. And I think that's exactly what the Democratic Party is doing. Uh, oh, that's good. I've never heard of that. <laughs> Who said that, girl? Your grandmother? <laughs> Listen. Pray so with your about, feet. Talk about, I did talk about, it. I love you it. Know, the Republican Party is that our, our grandparents' party absolutely is that. These Republicans today are extreme, right? And so what the Biden administration has done is they have acknowledged inflation, which is why we've worked uh, as, as a party, as Democrats, to bring gas down from five, six dollars down to three and still going. Look, it is a uh, inflation is an issue around the world. And I know people don't want to hear that. Right. But it is happening all around the world. And so it doesn't matter what party is in control right now. Prices are going high, but Democrats have the better plan. Democrats have said that senior citizens are going to get an average of $140 added to their Social Security income checks every month. Republicans want to cut Social Security and Medicare, right? And so you think about how many people have parents in nursing homes, right? That stuff isn't free, doesn't fall out of the sky, it's subsidized by our tax dollars. How many people are going to pick up their loved ones on Christmas and say, you're going to stay home with me, I'm going to have to provide full-time care? Uh, you know, they don't want to do that. They need that support. So Democrats are offering things that are on the table and real policy solutions. Republicans are not. Uh, that's the real difference right now in, in, in between the parties. It is not about race, um, but I think Black people overwhelmingly have voted Democrat because the Democrats have supported values that are aligned with Black people, such as making equality a thing. Right now, the Supreme Court is considering overturning affirmative action. Right now, Black women are not able to get abortion access and have lost their reproductive rights across states across this country. Right now, Black organizers are being arrested and jailed for registering people to vote. All of that is happening right now 
under Republican leadership. Republicans control most of the states in this country, let's be clear. And a lot of these policies happen at the state level. So yes, we have to vote. Yes, we have to be concerned about Republicans cheating when it comes to gerrymandering. Yes, we have to be concerned about Republicans cheating Black people out of an equal vote. So no, it's not our grandfather's party. Um, but another saying is if it talks like a dog, barks like a dog, walks like a dog, smells like a dog, it's a dog. And we've heard a lot of dogs whistles from the Republican Party, and they all reek of this thing called racism. I thought it was a duck, but dog, duck, tomato, <laughs> tomato, right? <laughs> woof, woof. <laughs> quack, quack. Katrina, uh, do institutions like the Electoral College allow Republicans to control the country through minority rule, which is having less voters, but more power? Well, we, we can't barely hear you only because you're on mute, sis. So, you know, hey, <laughs> there we go. I'm so sorry. First of all, I want to say I vote for Desiree. Um, but secondly, yes, you are correct. I mean, that's what happens when we're in this position. You know, Republicans, they're playing dirty because they feel like they are in, they are in jeopardy. They're, they're in fear of losing. And when that happens, it becomes institutional warfare. And so that's why you've seen some of the actions they've taken post-election. It turned from not rhetoric to people actually taking action based on what they have decided is um, not in their favor, to be honest with you. So that's why you've seen the lawsuits. That's why you've seen people contesting uh, their elections. Think about, um, I think the Washington Post sent out a, a survey not too long ago asking the gubernatorial candidates, will they accept their election results no matter what? And out of 19 of them, 12 of them said no. And so that's, that's part of the rhetoric, part of the strategy of the Republican Party is to fight through institutions. And so that's what we have to be very conscious of. President Biden has brought that to light over and over again during his tenure. And sometimes we take him seriously and sometimes we don't. The press sometimes overlooks it. But he does have a good point. This is institutional warfare when you're talking about the GOP trying to uh, scale back uh, voter enfranchisement as well as to secure those elections on the gubernatorial side. Excellent. Okay, so we want to talk about uh, this, the Senate. Is it stacked against Democrats? We'll talk about that a little bit deeper when we return on Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I'm Tammy Mack, and the Business of Being Black today is Republicans. Ah, oh, are they playing unfair? Ah, oh, I know this hurts you, Nicole and Desmond, to have such a show, right? <laughs> <laughs> so the Senate is currently split 50-50 for Republicans and Democrats, but despite having the exact same number of United States senators, Democrats represent 56.5% of the population, while Republican senators represent 43.5%. In terms of control of the Senate, is the deck stacked in the Republicans' favor, Desmond? Um, for control, I believe the the Republicans have a great opportunity this midterm. Um, a lot of I, I've heard a lot of these comments come from the Democratic side about uh, all these ideas about cheating the vote and these terms of fear. Fear. That's all the Democrat sale is fear, and it's putting us in a bind so that we can't move our people forward, right? Every time you turn around, Democrats want to sell fear, fear, fear. This is not a fearful game that we're playing. Politics is not a fearful game. It's not a feelings game, right? So if we can, as the GOP, get enough positions in, in the Senate, I believe we can make great impact for our culture and, and we can hold people accountable. Because Democrats, we can't hold anybody accountable. They make promises that they don't keep time and time again. And we keep going back asking for assistance, hoping that they would give it to us so that the other party can't get in. Let's try the other party and let's try to hold the other party accountable. I don't know about making promises they can't keep. It's kind of hard to keep a promise if, uh, you know, the Republicans are totally against it. Take, for instance, school loans. 
I mean, Joe Biden was all set to send out uh, the student relief, and then Republicans in several states decided to sue and is now delaying uh, those those funds for many of Americans, millions of Americans. Uh, so I don't know. They try to keep their promises, but it's hard when uh, this country is so divided. But I want to talk about, Nicole, something that Desiree said. She suggested that, you know, these, or it was Katrina, my bad, Katrina that said uh, a lot of Republicans said that they would not accept election results if they didn't win. Have we come to a, a place in this world where we just, we're just going to decide that this is not a democracy and no matter who, you know, whether we win or lose based on the votes, we're going to object to it, Nicole? We were there in 2016. We were there when, when Hillary was on The View saying he's an illegitimate president. Listen, after Trump won, we heard Russia, Russia, Russia. There was so much Russia talk. There was so much Putin talk. I think as a culture, though, as the American culture, what we have become is intolerant of any kind of debate that doesn't feed our narrative. And I think that's where this comes from. I personally um, am a big believer in the will of the people, the voice of the people. You know, sometimes you take an L. If I'm just being honest with you, you don't get enough votes. Most people are going to challenge that election because that's where we are as a culture. If I can't but have do you believe, vote, Nicole, that challenging the election is one thing, mm -hmm. but to create a whole narrative and, 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 and create a whole swarm of Americans who just flat out decide that this is a lie and the elections are false— that's much different than uh, Hillary Clinton saying this is an illegitimate president, which she meant she she won the popular vote. Yeah, but Hillary does. We have an electoral college and everybody loves the electoral college when they win, a la her husband. But every now and again, when it doesn't go your way, you're not willing to accept those results. This and is I true. That. And that's and that's exactly what we saw on January 6th. Right. The Trumpers yeah. and the writers did not want to accept the Electoral College results. They wanted to hang Mike Pence, which is what they shouted verbally and assault, assaulted police officers and staffers on Capitol Hill. Listen, I don't stand in between um, law and order. I'm a big believer in law and order. And the people who, who had a riot, a raid, anywhere in this nation should be held accountable for their actions. That's flat out. Here's the thing. As we move forward with American politics, we have to decide as a culture what's more important to us, partisanship or being good Americans. Again, we're not there. We are very, very divided. Everyone has a corner and people are digging down and we're not advancing our culture that way. We're just not. Katrina? My, I, I, I've heard so many things I want to go back to. <laughs> Uh, first of all, I think it was Desmond who said that there is no place for fear or um, feelings in politics. And that's what we've seen with the Republican Party, even before Trump. I mean, go back to 2016, early 2016, they wouldn't even let President uh, um, Obama appoint his Supreme Court nominee. There, there are so many things that happen in the Republican Party that they want to turn a blind eye to and then say that Democrats are pushing fear. Well, we should be fearful of a Republican Party's control because they control without restraint. I mean, if we're talking about, when you go back to what I said about those who were uh, denying that they've lost the election, I mean, in competitive races for governor or Senate in Arizona, Florida, Kansas, Michigan, New Hampshire, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Texas. Keep going on and on. Candidates have declined to say that they would accept this year's result if they lost. All but two. And that was, uh, I think, Senator Ron Johnson out of Wisconsin. And shout out to the new incoming senator, um, uh, Mandela Barnes. Um, and I think Marco Rubio was one of those to say the same thing. Katrina, Nicole has a good point. What about Georgia? What about Georgia? What Georgia about Georgia? Georgia has denied Georgia. Georgia. Has uh, has has denied election results as well. Stacey Abrams has yet to concede. Well, and she has every right not to. <laughs> to be honest with you, I don't want to go. So then, why does she have every right to, but the others that you mentioned don't have every right to? Understand this: in 2020, Trump was caught on tape asking the Georgia Secretary of State to find 11,000 votes that did not exist. Had he succeeded, the certified Georgia result 
would have been criminal and illegitimate. So there is no guarantee that in 2022 or 2024, a Republican secretary of state won't be willing to find or invalidate enough ballots to swing the outcome of the election. So I don't blame Stacey Abrams, to be honest with you. I have a question, Katrina. Now we have a great African-American woman running for uh, Lake County. She's running for a house representative in Lake County. She's running on the GOP side. She's doing a great job. Her name is Jennifer Ruth Green. She's doing a great job, yet the Congressional Black Caucus has bagged her opponent, a white man. What, I, what ideology is that? He has no um, feeling towards the Black community. He, Gary hasn't succeeded. Um, they haven't progressed in 90 years under Democratic leadership. Now we have a Black woman who's coming in, who understands the struggle of people of Lake County, Gary, Indiana, and yet the Black Caucus is backing her opponent. What sense does that make? And the, and the Black Caucus is made up of Democrat individuals. The Black the Congressional... Let me go back. I'm sorry. I'm just going to say this, I think you're posing the question to me. However, I'm not familiar with your candidate's platform, but I would say that the Congressional Black Caucus, their overall agenda is to make sure that they are forwarding the agendas of those that align with the Black Caucus's values. So not to say that your candidate has any issues that would preclude her from being endorsed by the Congressional Black Caucus or supported. However, whatever values she has on her platform are not in alignment with the Congressional Black Caucus has on their agenda. What the Congressional Black Caucus have on their agenda? It doesn't matter whether she's black or white. What the Congressional Black Caucus have for their agenda is getting paid by Democrats to keep us suppressed. That is the truth, and I don't understand how you don't see it. That is is absolutely not true. I'm a former U.S. congressional candidate. I was endorsed by the Congressional Black Caucus. However, I do not speak for the Congressional Black Caucus, the CBC PAC, or the CDC Foundation. I will say that as a candidate, as a former candidate, we all fill out questionnaires. And so I would be curious to see the answers in those questionnaires as to why um, one candidate received the endorsement over another. And I, I assume and presume that the committee decided based on the answers to the questionnaire that your candidate was not aligned uh, with the values of the Congressional Black Caucus. So um, you, you're running for, I, it, got, it all comes down to questionnaires as candidates, you receive thousands of them <laughs> to complete. And so again, I'd be curious to see those answers. Desmond made a very good point when he said there are some Democratic leaders who haven't fulfilled their promises within their states, within their cities, and uh, you know within this nation. Why do we continue to vote for them when they haven't fulfilled their promises? We'll talk about that when we return, because I really want to know the answer to this question from you ladies, Desiree and Katrina. But uh, uh, Nicole and Desmond, maybe you can provide some specifics to help them along the way with that question. We'll uh, get the answer when we return to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. I am Tammy Mack, y'all. Okay, the Business of Being Black today is Are Republicans Playing Fair? Please welcome the first vice chair of the Maryland Republican Party, Nicole Bennett. Also, former Tennessee State Senator Katrina Robinson. The president and CEO of Innovation Ohio, Desiree Timms. And the vice president of the NAACP South Bend, Indiana branch, Desmond, Desmond of Church. Okay, so Desmond mentioned before the break, um, and Desiree, I'll give this one to you. He mentioned before the break that there were uh, Democrats who haven't fulfilled promises in several states, states that are doing poorly, not doing bad at all. So when, why is it so important to stick to a certain party versus someone who can make change in areas that are not doing well under the current leadership? Well, I absolutely think that if someone is not doing their job, then you remove them. Um, That said, you don't decide to go stick with the person or the party that is against all of your values and will do an even worse job or cause you more harm. For example, even when it comes to inflation, the Democrats, only the Democrats, uh, voted yes and passed or didn't pass the bill um, on the corporate price gouging. Corporations are milking the inflation right now to to get record profits. No Republicans voted in favor of that. 
the COVID vaccines. We all been able to get free shots due to this virus. Republicans voted against that. And so this is a party who really is against saving lives. And so you have to ask yourself, what's best for my family? And if there is a Democrat who's not doing their jobs, run for office, replace them. Mm, good point. Nicole? Foolishness. So listen, this inflationary bubble that we're living through now, the recession that's not a recession, hmm, all at the feet Nobody of Joe Biden. All at the feet of Joe Biden. From the very first day in office, it was all out war on American energy. He shut down the pipeline. Energy prices are through the roof. So talk to me about it coming down from $5 when it was $2 and loose change when he took office. These kind of half-truths, you know, people kind of skirting around the issue, it's, it's really, it makes it hard for people to see the issue clearly. But I can tell you what, when you take your car to the gas station and what used to cost you $25 now costs you 50, it doesn't really matter how you feel about that politician, you're hit it in the pocket. It's hurting your family. It's hurting everything about your lifestyle. But Nicole, I understand that uh, Republicans are going to die on the hill of gas prices are high and so is milk and eggs. But what about reproductive rights? What about affirmative action? What about those things that affect our communities disproportionately? So I will say on, on the topic of affirmative action, the group of Asian students who brought that lawsuit against um, Harvard and against um, North Carolina Chapel Hill have a very good point that we should be looking at people based on their merit, not necessarily based on if they're a legacy, if they're a child that's related to someone who works there, or the color of their skin. This is a that question has that never worked. Has that has never worked in the history of this country. That's why we have the 14th Amendment. How far have we come as this nation? How Perhaps we've come this far because of affirmative action. Perhaps we've come this far because of some of the civil rights that have been put in place and fought for by those, uh, those, those, the, the generation of the 60s. Listen, I, I completely agree with that. I think I go back before the 60s, all the way back to Reconstruction. Black people have come so far in such a short period of time, but we do have to look at what's best for our entire community moving forward, for our entire community moving forward not just the select few. So Republicans' claims of voter fraud, I'm sorry, did, did you wanna speak on that? I would love to interject. Tim. Go right ahead. It's unbelievable to, to hear this from a black woman on this panel. When we're talking about uh, equal access to healthcare, we have to understand that abortion rights are healthcare access for some women. Some women do not have the ability to go to a doctor or OBGYN for their primary care or for their, their specialized care. The abortion access is how they use um, the healthcare system in order to seek care. And so if you have overwhelmingly 209 House Republicans who voted against the Women's Health Protection Act, 205 House Republicans who voted to prevent women from traveling across state lines to obtain an abortion. I don't understand how you can tell me that Republicans have the will of the people in mind rather than their political agendas in mind. When we're well, talking about the I motivation- believe, I believe they're not trying to- They're not trying to stop health care. They're not trying to stop the health care of the woman. However, they don't want women to use this as a birth control method. And that is not what is happening across this country. Women are not. If you look at the statistics for abortion, the statistics for abortion is overwhelmingly that receive federal funding because abortion is legal in their state, so that they can receive health care access they're not able to access otherwise. That's why women are using those institutions. I don't believe in the rhetoric and and the divisiveness that your party has put out saying that. You don't black have women to believe in the rhetoric. The numbers suggest. The number shows. That That's not women are using it as a have birth control read, method. That is the statistics. the numbers. I'm not have trying to argue with you. That's the numbers. I, I want you to answer my question. Okay. You are a person that's been advocating for a candidate here who I have no idea who she is. But no, I want to know. Mean, let's not talk about the candidate. If you don't have any idea who she is, let's not talk about her. Commitment to American. Have you read the commitment to America legislative agenda that was put out by the GOP? Have you read what the talking points are for that? Have you read that there is no strategy behind it whatsoever? It is all words. Have you read that? So, Have so you read I'm that asking you about. I was asking you about the numbers. 
the numbers. I'm not, I'm not arguing with women's health care. I'm arguing the numbers. It the the abortion number shows that women use abortion for birth control methods. That's all the GOP want to stop. Did you read that, sir? What scientific what scientific okay. document I mean, did you read? I would love to jump in here because I live in Ohio and we had a story about a 10 year old child, right? They, uh, English is not the primary language that was spoken at their home. And she was raped and Republican politicians here said that she was lying. She had to find a way to travel to your state in Indiana to access abortion care after being raped. The Republican platform has been no exceptions. Okay. We also have Republicans advocating to ban birth control, IVF. People who want to expand their families won't have access to that science because of some of these dangerous laws. And I do have a number for you. More than 60% of Americans believe that Roe v. Wade should remain the law of the land. More than 60% of Americans, both parties, right, they believe that the government should not mandate and force women and people to remain pregnant. Those are can as a healthcare executive. Here's a novel point. Giving the rights back to the states is not an issue. It's only an issue because, as Desiree pointed out earlier, Republicans control a lot of these states and they don't control these states because it was will to them. It's because they were elected by the people to hold these offices. Giving the power back to the states is what this country was founded on. This whole idea of federalism, where everything has to trickle down from the federal government, is a misnomer. Each state should set its own law. So if no. you live in a state where, like Louisiana, that had an automatic trigger law, the, the moment that Dobbs came back, Louisiana had a trigger law. Louisiana has a ton of elected Democrats. They should have gotten the caucus. They should have done their thing. This Nicole, I want to ask you, as a, as a health care executive, do you believe that Republican men should dictate family planning decisions and what women should do in the best interest of their health care? I believe that physicians and their patients should dictate all health care. That's from COVID vaccines. That's to birth. That is my professional opinion. I don't believe that anyone outside of myself and my physician should make life and death decisions for me. That's my personal opinion. I believe just like Desiree, if you don't like it, run for office. Well, you got to tell, tell the Republicans to stop gerrymandering all the districts and states across the country so that we can have fair elections and more people can run and win elections. So can I tell you, have you ever seen the state of Maryland? It looks like a squashed pterodactyl, and it's that way to make sure that the Democrats stay in control. We were hold that thought. Hold that thought. Republicans' claims of voter fraud have mostly been directed at cities and counties with large black and brown populations, including Detroit and Philadelphia. Are Republicans insinuating that voters of color are more corrupt? Well, we're going to talk about that when we return on The Business of Being Black with me. Tammy Mack on Foxhole. Back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I am Tammy Mack. If you love to read books and listen to podcasts, but don't have the time to commit, well, I've got the business for you. Blinkist. It's for you, okay? The Blinkist app allows you to understand the most important things from over 5,500 nonfiction books and podcasts in just 15 minutes. Blinkist has a variety of topics that will broaden your horizons, help you discover new perspectives, and have exciting conversations. Some of my favorite reads so far are The Power of Habit, Why We Do What We Do in Life and Business, huh, huh. Oh, and The 80 20 principle, the secret of achieving more with less. We all want to know that, right? From the 14-day personal growth challenge collection, which has provided insight and methods of moving with intention and achieving success. And you know the best part? I can share what I'm reading with others. With Blinkist's new feature, Blinkist Connect, users can share and discuss their insights and recommendations with their friends. Right now, Blinkist has a special offer just for our viewers. Ready for it? Mm -hmm. Get your pen ready. Go to Blinkist.com slash Tammy Mack to start your seven-day free trial and get 25% off a Blinkist premium membership. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K. 
T-A-M-M-I-S-T dot com slash Tammy Mac to get 25% off and a seven day trial. Woo! Once again, that's Blinkist.com slash Tammy Mac. And for a limited time, you can even use Blinkist Connect to share your premium account. You will get two premium subscriptions for the price of one. Yeah, and that deal is everyone's business to know. Back to the business of being black with Tammy Mac after this. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. The Business of Being Black today is, are the Republicans being unfair? Hmm, excellent question. So Republicans' claim of voter fraud have mostly been directed at those cities and counties which bear mostly black and brown voters. Well, including Detroit and Philadelphia and I'd probably toss in a Georgia right there, too. Are Republicans insinuating that voters of color are more corrupt, Desmond? I don't believe so. I believe what they're saying is um, some of the tactics that Democrats are using are just um, not ideal. That's about the best way I can put it. Like what? Uh, I don't want to give their playbook away. However, um, it has been known that um, they would, like here, they would send absentee ballots just to the houses of of people who were uh, on the voters registration list. However, those people, I know some in particular, have moved out of the state. So now you can take that voters registration card and do whatever you would like with that and send that in. That is definitely cheating. However, there is nothing we can do about it because these are the tactics that the Democrat Party use. Katrina, least- go. <laughs> But no, seriously, earlier this year, I think Trump said that the, the vote counter is often more important than the candidate. Uh, it's kind of reminiscent of Stalin. Uh, and he added that the RNC chairwoman, I think Ms. McDaniel, had assured him that the party would work on it. So I have no doubt that Republicans will intentionally engage in outright election subversion while we're trying to point the finger at Democrats and say that we're voting illegally and uh, dead people are voting. It, it, synonymously, you can say that across the country over the past few years, we've seen more efforts to disenfranchise voters and to compromise our elections than ever before. I mean, in Pennsylvania, Republican controlled counties ignored their obligations to certify accurate election results in 2022. I mean, in, in Michigan, Republicans on the state's canvassing board refused to certify two ballot initiatives. One was pro-choice, one was pro-voting. Uh, Nevada, same thing in Arizona. They approved a hand counting process that could delay the certification of statewide results for up to two weeks. So I don't think it's us. I think it's 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 been pretty evident that the Republican Party will do just about anything necessary to win. Nicole? Well, I would like to, to argue the point because of that 30,000 ballots that went out to undocumented immigrants in Colorado did not come from Republican Board of Elections. It came from a Democrat Board of Elections. Listen, again, as I've said before, this is a partisan issue. Um, the, the days of being a Ronald Reagan good American are long behind us. I long to go back to those days so we can have important and educated discourse like today. But where we are now, everybody wants to win. And make no mistakes, the Democrats control the White House, the Senate, and the House of Representatives. They control it now. They don't want to let go of that control. So what you're hearing is all of this election denying and Republicans are not going to accept the results of the election. We'll accept it when we win. Make no mistake. But we know y'all going to accept it when you win. Everybody's (laughs) going to accept it when they win. (laughs) This is my point. This is a partisan thing. This is not about... Unfortunately, this is not about any particular party moving the country forward. This is an all-out battle for power. Um, And again... I think we do a disservice to all communities, especially our own, when we're not thinking about pushing the ball forward. Um, Desiree, Nicole has a point. This is a partisan issue. Why are we so divided on this? Uh, is there any way that the people can come together and say, look, all y'all crazy, y'all got to go, everybody? <laughs> I, I long for that day. But I think the real issue at hand is that Republican candidates running for U.S. Senate right now will not say that Joe Biden 
is the lawful president of the United States. Right now, we have election deniers running the Republican Party. And that's what's going on, right? I long for the Republican Party to go back to the Mitt Romney days uh, where we can have that that intellectual discourse. But right now we're looking at extremism, January 6th rioters and election deniers leading and charging the way. And so, yeah, that what's, is a part of- so interesting about that- are doing that. What's, what's so interesting about that is that the election deniers are our leaders. They're mm -hmm. our leaders. They're people that we have put into positions of power. But have these types of claims damaged America's trust in election integrity? Anyone? Well, we know right now in public polling that uh, democracy and protecting our government is a top issue across voters uh, from all across the country, right? So there's like the economy, number one, and then number two is democracy. So people are concerned about the state of our elections and if they're going to be protected, if their vote will be counted, they'll be kicked off the voter registration rolls. And so these are real issues. And we're seeing this um, extremism from the conservative party not happening just here in the United States. Again, this is happening across the world. Um, so we are seeing uh, extremists honing into this. Uh, I'm not accepting the results of the election unless I win. And if I win, I will accept it. And that's just not how democracy works. It's interesting to me because we teach our children to be good sportsmen, to have good sportsmanship. And all of a sudden, this country has turned into something that I I, I've never seen, I have to admit, I've just never seen this side of America in this way uh, in my lifetime. In Arizona, people with tactical gear and assault rifles have been loitering outside of voting drop box locations. Is the Republican Party trying to intimidate voters here? Nicole? Yeah. Oh, I can tell you, I can tell you definitively that kind of behavior happens in Democrat strongholds too. Again, this is a partisan issue. So, are there Democrats as well that are that have rifles and tactical gear hanging around voting uh, voting boxes? Is that is that true? No, I'm not saying that they have rifles and tactical gear, but their version of intimidating voters is no different. For example, handing out people water. No, no, there are, there's a county here where uh, elected officials put on T-shirts that said all black everything and they marched up and down the line of people waiting to vote and screamed in their faces. All black everything, all black everything. And if that's not intimidation, I don't know what is. Now, Sounds like intimidation to me, Katrina. I don't know if that's intimidation. I don't know if that's quite true either, but let's be clear. I mean, Republican election deniers and vote suppressors and those big lie advocates all of them are spreading misinformation about elections because they believe that without public confidence, elections are going to be easier to overturn and the results are easier to ignore. So even if you look at states like Georgia and Florida and Texas, the misinformation about elections is what created the environment for them to enact new voter suppression laws and to seek to fence out our younger voters and our, our racial minorities from voting in the process. So I think it's a more orchestrated and more strategic way of doing things. I mean, look back at Republicans across the country that pretty much embrace, like I said, the any means necessary strategy to preserve their power. Uh, say, for instance, losing the governorship in North Carolina in 2016 and in Wisconsin in 2018, they used this lame duck legislative sessions to push through bills stripping power from incoming Democratic governors. So when you look at what is the most dangerous form, I mean, of course, you know, you're going to have those outliers, but the most dangerous mm -hmm. form of disenfranchisement and voter suppression comes from the Republican Party through strategic action from the top down. Desmond, is our election system broken? Our list, I, I do not believe that it's broken. I believe that it works. I believe we have to have a strategy on how to use it properly, right? We need a, a strategic plan on both sides of the aisle, Democrat and Republican, right? We need to be there for our culture, right? Instead of trying to do it for um, whatever reasons, pro-choice, pro-life, we need to think what's best for our culture. And do you believe Joe Biden is the president? I do believe Joe Biden is the president. So However, uh, Nancy Pelosi's uh, husband, Paul Pelosi, was brutally attacked last week, suffering a fractured skull. Do you think that uh, Republican rhetoric and demonization of Pelosi is responsible for this attack? Paul Pelosi is 82 years old. Uh, a Republican Senate candidate in Arizona uh, had a commercial in which 
he fired a gun at the actors portraying Nancy Pelosi and President Biden. Uh, the GOP launched a Fire Pelosi campaign in 2010, which promoted images of Nancy Pelosi in flames. So do you think that this is a demonization uh, of Pelosi uh, or that the demonization of Pelosi by the Republican Party um, is responsible for this attack at all, Nicole? I think the crazy man with the hammer is responsible for that act. Um, just like the person who is a Bernie Sanders supporter who shot Steve Scalise at the softball game was a bad actor. The fact that he was a Bernie supporter did nothing to stop that bullet from damaging Steve Scalise. You know, at some point, we do have to control our rhetoric. And I think there's a lot of growth on both sides of the aisle that can happen. Um, politics is not supposed to be a blood sport. But recently, it has become that. And I, I really think that we're losing some of our best candidates and people who can bring the best ideas to the table because they don't want to have to live through um, having extra security detail um, like Brett Kavanaugh and have someone chasing you around with zip ties to kill you. These things are unconscionable. It's not the American way. It's just not. Yeah. Desiree? Yeah, I can tell you that um, what happened to Paul Pelosi is heartbreaking and sad, and it's definitely due to the rhetoric. Um, and not only that, Republican Senate candidates, Republican gubernatorial candidates, Carrie Lake, uh, they laughed about it, right? This is an 82-year-old person, a human being who was attacked in his home. Regardless of political affiliations or political parties, it is not a laughing matter. And so anytime we have the top of the tickets uh, and the Republican Party leaning in on that laughter, thinking this is a joke, uh, we are in dangerous times. Yeah, recently, Donald Trump Jr. posted uh, on his Twitter his Halloween costume and put a picture of underwear and a hammer there and said that it had nothing to do with what's happening in the news. How, how can that be so? He is a lie. <laughs> he is a lie. And that was so distasteful and, and so... Um, Have we come to the point to where we don't care about human beings, to where we don't care about Americans as people, as human beings, that we're so um, one-sided and we're so clicked with one another that we've decided to flat out not care about people who don't agree with us, Desmond? Well, I believe, as um, Nicole said, I, I believe we hold these bad actors accountable for their actions. I don't believe they represent the, the parties that, that they are part of. I believe they're just bad actors in that party. But they're still being celebrated. I think that's the issue is like, if Republicans will call these people out and say, no, 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 like John McCain did during the debate when the when the woman infamously called Barack Obama a Muslim and John McCain stopped her and said, no, 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 he's a good he's a good man. We just disagree on policy. That Republican Party doesn't exist right now. The Republicans are leaning into messages of hate. And so we are not going to get back to a place. Uh, where we can work together until Republicans buck up to their own party. Listen, we're not the only ones. I'm still waiting for the president of the United States to say that the man who invaded Brett Kavanaugh's home was wrong. How long did we wait for the Congress to act to protect the Supreme Court? I'm not going to hold my breath, but we're still waiting. So I mean, here's the members of Congress are still waiting to be protected. They don't have uh, protection for themselves. So I think this is a general security issue and a security matter, Nicole, for all elected officials. We don't have protection for our elected officials in this country. And I agree with you, Nicole, that people are going to be afraid to run for office and participate in the public square if they feel like their families are going to be threatened. Yeah, I that's unfortunate. That's a great point. That's a great point. Nicole, please tell us how we can keep up with you. Let me tell you, this election cycle has been a whirlwind. It has been absolutely crazy um, with our ground game here in Maryland. We are grossly outnumbered by Democrats who live in the central part of our state. However, if you're looking for me, I'm in the central part of the state knocking on doors <laughs> and talking to voters, trying to whip the vote. Um, I am available on Facebook at Nicole Bennett. It's an open page. And on Twitter as Sporty's Girl Nick Nick. That's my dad. Um, and hopefully, prayerfully, I'm going to be running for office again in December. 
All right, Katrina, you always got something on the pot cooking. Absolutely. You can find me on uh, Instagram and Facebook at Senator Katrina Robinson. They won't let me change my handle at Senator Katrina Robinson. Uh, you can also visit my website, thekatrinarobinson.com. Be on the lookout for my book that is coming out, The Ugly Truth About Pretty Lies. Um, and you haven't seen the last. You ever want to run again? Maybe so. Who's to say? I'm trying to push you. I'm trying to push you, girl. Don't protect me. I'm going to run. <laughs> oh, okay. Desmond. Well, that's your uh, answer. <laughs> Desmond, what have you got going on, my brother? So, um, currently, I'm running for county auditor here for St. Joe mm -hmm. County. Um, and you can find me um, at Desmond for South Bend on Instagram or on Facebook at Desmond Up Church. All right. And Desiree, the work of Innovation Ohio. Yeah, so um, I'm the president and CEO of Innovation Ohio. We are doing a lot of work here on the ground. Um, if you are an Ohio voter and you want to know what's on your ballot, go to ohiovoterguide.org. You can also send me a DM on Twitter at Tim's Desiree or on Instagram and Facebook at Desiree Tim's. Excellent. So I have a little question for you all to wrap it up because I like to find solutions. You know, we talk about the problem and blame everybody all day, every day. Right. But can we find a solution to these issues that we are facing in America? So I ask each of you in three words, three words. How can we unite? How can we unite? Three words is all you get. Katrina, kick us off. Uh, my three words are people, not pawns. Mm, Desmond, you got it. Three words. Let's vote Republican. <laughs> I think you cheated. Nicole? <laughs> you stole my words, but, but I will say at the cross. That's where we're going to find our solutions at the cross. At, well, what if everybody ain't going to the cross, though, Nicole? Come on, there's space for you. Come on over to the cross. <laughs> Desiree, please give us three words and take us on out of here. All right, you got to vote very often. Vote very often. That's great. Heading into election time. That is the business of being black with Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. <laughs> Bye. Right now, Amazon is offering some amazing extra perks that come with a job offer. If you start a warehouse job, you can get a $1,000 sign-on bonus. That means you start earning a paycheck right away, plus you get extra cash to use before the holidays. Applying is so easy, you don't even need an interview. It's never been so rewarding to start an hourly job that's close to home. So what are you waiting for? To join the team today, visit Amazon.com slash sign-on bonus. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. Lucky Land Slots, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.